I'm not going to sit inside of a corporation for 20 years. The time is I'm now. 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 The time is now. Unboss, the podcast. Welcome to Unboss the Podcast. My name is Tansy. Follow me on Twitter at the Ball Duck. T-H-E-B-A-L-D-D-U-C-K. That's the same thing for Instagram. Follow me, put a face to the name, and let's get it popping. This is our pilot episode. This show is for anybody with an entrepreneur spirit, always moving towards financial freedom, personal freedom, professional freedom, whatever it is that you're searching for. We're just trying to get there together. We treat life like a case study. We think everything can be broken down into components that can add value to how we evaluate life, how we assess situations. And we just want to get there together. So I'm ready for the ride. Jordan Peele's Get Out, the most talked about movie of the century, we'll go ahead and give it that stamp, is layered AF. There are so many components to this movie. Everything has not been explored, which is why I'm coming in. Doing things the boss way. And we're going to break this movie down, okay? We're going to do it like this. Chris Washington, the entrepreneur versus the Armitage Estate the corporation. Y'all know we always trying to move towards freedom. At the end, this man, he got out, okay? And that's all of our goals as entrepreneurs. Even if we're working for corporations, even if we work with somebody on a business, we all want our own. And at the end of the day, it's always to get out and get your own. We got to keep this in mind. So let's dive into it. When Chris arrives at the Armitage Estate, the first thing Dean does, Dean is Rose's daddy. The first thing he does is he gets Chris and he starts taking him around the house. He's showing him this, he's showing him that, he's showing his dad on the wall, he shows him the kitchen, he shows him the outside gardens, he takes him for a walk, he's showing him all these things to get him comfortable. Is that not what a corporation does? A corporation tells you the benefits, they tell you the salary, they tell you everything they need you to know to gleam you up and open you up to this idea of security and to be comfortable. So then in the comfortability. But what's the harm in being comfortable? Isn't that what everybody wants? I mean, everybody's trying to get the security. So what's the problem with being comfortable? If you're comfortable, then you're disarmed. More likely to be influenced by the system and led away from your goals. In the comfortability, he starts talking about Obama. That's relatability. Be aware, people, of tactics. I think we always talk about the corporate world. If we're like moving towards freedom and purpose, we got to understand the tactics of what can weight us down and make us very comfortable. I'm not shitting on corporations at all. Like I am. I am for personal growth and self-growth for us who want to have our own. But I have to question the things that they do to keep people in their system because a corporation could not thrive without people. That's just it. I mean, there are people at the top and there are people at the bottom. And most times it's people at the bottom doing the leg and the groundwork. So I'm questioning these tactics that they use. But if you're like Chris, you will remain unimpressed. Honestly, when Chris was looking at that bullshit on the wall, he ain't care about none of that. He ain't care about the money. He ain't care about the grounds. He peeping game. He really watching how everybody moving. He really looking at the system of things. He see the black lady in the kitchen. He see the groundwork because it's black. And he realized I'm the only black person still in here that's just quote unquote regular in the sense of whatever being regular in their world is. Everybody else is doing the groundwork. Everybody else got... Regular? What the hell is a 
regular black person. Sis, ain't no such thing. Right now. So Chris unimpressed by everything. And that's how we got to remain as entrepreneurs, as people trying to have our own. We got to remain unimpressed by those tactics. We got to remain unimpressed by the 401k package. We got to remain unimpressed by the salary because at the end of the day, I am still working to make someone else rich. Pretty much. I don't have self-sufficiency. I'm empowering a corporation. What? Hold up, what you mean working to make somebody else rich? Kinda like the Nicki Minaj 360 deal? You signed a 360 deal through Young Money, through Cash Money, through Republic, which means your money go through five niggas before you touch it. Any videos, promotions come out of your budget. Endorsements, touring merchandise, they finger fuck it. You make like 35 cents off of each ducky. I own my master's, bitch, independent. Damn, that's a lot of hands on your money. My second bias with a corporation is the exploitation. Everybody's screaming about diversity. Why? Because they finally understand and see the value and the difference of our ideas and opinions because for the longest time everybody was pale. Pale girl just kind of folks Caucasian. <laughs> there was no incentives for increasing and hiring others colored folk as we like to put it these days or do we say colored folk? I don't know what we're saying. We got so many different terms for us and I just don't know. You go with the terms. Just say black or African American but wait Nobody from Africa. That's the identity crisis. Another topic for another day. There was no, no incentive. They saw no need for it. But now, oh my God, they're brilliant minds. We're seeing them work in so many different places on their own. We're seeing black women become the largest group of entrepreneurs in how long? And they're the fastest growing group of entrepreneurs. Oh my God, there's wealth. There's creative ideas there. There's money there. There's money to be made. There's exploitation also wrapped up in it. We always talking about cultural appropriation and these things like that. But understand when a company is hollering about diversity, yeah, I mean, to a certain extent, it could be exploitation. You can have that conversation with me. I'm open for that. Twitter, TPC. Email, TPC at gmail.com. Let's chat. I saw Chris being exploited throughout the movie. The lady basically molested him right in front of our eyes <laughs> and asked him, is it, is it true? true? Sexualize that man features, but if we do it to ourselves, then we devalue ourselves. That's real interesting. Oh, and by the way, sis, yes, it's true. Then he had to show off his talents and skills and swing for the golfer guy. He's just like, oh, I love that tiger. They just starts talking about his blackness and the wealth in his blackness and they exploited him right there in front of his face, feeling on him, talking about how super advanced he was genetically. Then, if you relate that to us being self-aware, you gotta understand how powerful and creative our background has made us as people. So, I'm just saying, as the entrepreneurs stay aware, stay unimpressed and get to those goals as far as who you are as an entrepreneur. Chris the entrepreneur, the armature to state, the corporation. The sunken place. Hypnosis in the movie was like one of the biggest key points to how the movie progressed, the plot of the movie, etc. Hypnosis in the corporate world can honestly be money. It can be money for those of us who really want to get out, but we keep seeing them dollars. We keep getting that promotion. We keep seeing an increase in the pay grade. And that for some of us is the reason why we won't leave or that's the hypnosis effect as to why can't we get out. We know what we want to do. When we went in, we were goal-oriented. We may not have been impressed, but over time, the dollars got to us. Maybe the state of authority got to us. Maybe we graduated and we got that supervisor position or we moved up and became VP of this corporate sector. But I mean, like maybe you became VP of your department, but are you operating under a state of hypnosis? Are you aware of that? 
I'm not there yet. I'm planning to get a corporate job. I do. But I understand going into that position. I have goals of my own. I have another space that I want to get to. This is just the place for me. The bridge gap to get some coins because you need money to make money. Everybody agree? All right. You agree. You got to get coins. And I'm just saying it just happens to be a sunken place for a lot of people not able to get to where they want to be. The first person we see operating in a sunken place outside of the groundskeeper and outside of Georgina, the kitchen worker, is Andre Hayworth, the guy from back in the day of Chris's childhood who he knew. We see him walking around literally like a puppet, right? Why is that? Because he don't even know what the fuck is going on. And that is what happens to a lot of people inside of the corporation. They're walking around and the board of directors is controlling everything. All you know is what you're being told. All you know is also what you're allowed to do. You're operating in a part of system with no real motor skills. You're just there. You're a number. You're doing your job. And what's happening is there's always a silent auction going on around you that you know nothing about. Why? Because you're not in control. You're in a state of sunkenness. You're in a state of just hypnosis and you have no say so. And that's the thing about it. We're all, if we're a part of corporations, a part of a silent auction. For example, if you're not owning the company, if you have no real clout, you can be voted out. Steve Jobs was voted out. Enron went up into shit because of all the things that was happening that nobody knew about because you was just a worker. Quick history on Enron. Enron was a natural gas company that was a part of one of the biggest scandals in corporate America in regards to bankruptcy. What they did was lie about audits and high financial resources and scandal out accountants for money. Yeah. Question the silent auctions. What's happening? Who's moving around you and you're just a pawn? Who's really in control? Are you that puppet? You got to stay aware of the second place and what can be happening happening in a corporation. Rose is on some BS. When she took Chris down to the water to get fresh air after the whole escapade happened of the relapse when Andre came back into himself and he was no longer in the sunken place because of the picture. She was like, we're going to get fresh air. She takes him down to the water. That's a state of isolation. She took him away from the most important part of the movie, his auction, the silent auction that was taking place. So in a corporation, there are going to be things that take place. You're going to be separated. You're going to reach these places of elevations but you always have to question what is happening when you're not around what is happening when you're isolated in those spheres what is happening what is taking place when you're not available when certain groups or other people aren't around what is happening in those spaces we got to always question isolation because with isolation is a separation that may cloud your judgment that may cloud what you really know and it just leads you to make moves you probably wouldn't have made had you not been alone or had you been a part of the community so you got to understand these certain tactics that work and leave people in a state of a sunken place. Isolation can be a good thing, but isolation can also be ruining, especially when you operating outside of your goal. Also, Chris was never really alone. You know why? Because he had T.S. motherfucking A. Rod Williams, get you a team. Get you somebody just like Rod Williams that's going to always have these checks and balances. He always said, Chris, you don't think this strange? Chris, you don't think this, that, and third? He made sure Chris questioned everything that was going on. He made sure that he said, Chris, these are some strange things happening. Are you aware? And that's how we got to be. We got to make sure we understand our purpose. And the people that's on our team got to keep you in that place to realize your 
your end goal and never falling in the sunken place. That's why Chris survived. He, he got, got out. out. How did Chris, the entrepreneur, stay above the family? First of all, Chris was always minding his business. This I kind of get from the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad. This is one of the most commonly talked about books in regards to being an entrepreneur. And your business is what you're moving towards. Your goals that you want to accomplish, the business that you want to start, everything that you have in mind for yourself. Chris was a freelance photographer. Everywhere he went, he was taking pictures. He had this documentation. He was documenting his experience. He was using his camera, minding his business. So if if you're working for a corporation but you always understand your goal and that you're getting the coin to get out and when you mind your business you don't have to worry about ever falling under hypnosis of the dollars because you understand the money is the last thing you're really worried about it's a tool it's not the end goal right now you won't fall in that state of hypnosis I was on my Apple News app a while ago and I came across an article by African-American soul food scholar Adrian Miller on the Washington Post. The article was entitled The Man Who Fed the First President and Hungered for Freedom. He pulls this excerpt from his book, The President's Kitchen Cabinet. He talks about the enslaved hands and the enslaved people that fed and worked as a part of the kitchen staff for presidents since President Washington to the Obamas. And so he gets really deep into the history of the White House and the kitchen and the staff. But the part in the article that really got me was the concept of the freedom clock. So Washington owned slaves since his estate in Mount Vernon. He had slaves he brought, slaves he inherited, slaves he borrowed, slaves, he, you know, he just had slaves. And so he took those slaves with him to Philly when he moved into the White House in Philly. Before he got there though, Philly had the Gradual Abolition Act of 1780. What the law was is any enslaved person who was in the state for six months consecutively would be granted freedom. But you know, of course, Washington being Washington and any slave owner being a slaveholder gonna get around the law. And what he would do is at this six month mark when he knew it was approaching the deadline, he would send all of his slaves back to Mount Vernon, let them spend a couple weeks there and then bring them back, restarting their freedom clock. And I'm like, damn, that's deep. Freedom clock. Like, I always try to put things into perspective about myself. When I read something, when I learn something, I think, how does it apply to me? Where do I fit in on the spectrum or this wavelength? Or where do I come in? Like, where do Tansy fit? And so I'm like, honestly, we all got a personal freedom clock. We all want to be freed from some burden, I feel. Whether that shit is credit card debt, some dependency we have, a position we have at work, if we stagnant in some area of our life, if we overweight, constantly need validation, we all want to be freed somehow from that burden. And we reset our freedom clock every time we don't do something we know we should be doing. For example, if you ain't credit card debt, why you still swiping your credit card? Why you ain't got no job. Why are you still in this cycle of paycheck to paycheck? You ain't putting nothing to the side. You ain't got no passive income. You ain't found you no little side hustle or hobby to get ahead. You still in a rat race. So I'm trying to understand why when we have opportunities to keep pushing forward, we set ourselves back. For example, with dependency. You might be in a relationship and you know you are too emotionally dependent on that person. Yet every time it's time to go do something, you want to call that person. You want to be in that space with that person, not giving yourself the space needed to go ahead and step out and be independent. Honestly, I 
got my own struggles with resetting my freedom clock. First of all, this podcast was supposed to be an up and running since January. However, I was so reluctant to step out and do something on my own. It kept pushing a deadline back. It kept moving me back. And I feel like we do that a lot to ourselves. Anytime, it can be small things. We really got to look at things on a micro level. For example, if you set a goal to finish your homework at 10 o'clock and you know you started at 9 o'clock, that's a whole full hour. Why in that hour are you taking breaks? We get comfortable and we start taking breaks. And anytime you take a break, that sets you back from the freedom line. Any opportunity you miss to get ahead. For example, going and networking or not being consistent. Consistency is key with anything that you do. So if you try to lose weight and you ain't being consistent and you know you should have got up when your alarm went off, go to the gym, but you didn't, you just reset your freedom clock. You just kept that extra 200 calories that you're supposed to burn or 500 calories, whatever. You just hoarded that and you, you still have that on you because of the fact that you didn't get up. And that's the problem. So think about the small things. Whenever it's time for you to do something, you got to go think about your personal freedom clock. Get you some goals, get you some deadlines or whatever activities you're doing, set deadlines, set time frames. And when you know what you should be doing to get there, do it. Because every opportunity that you miss or when you don't do what you're supposed to do, you reset your freedom clock. I just want to know what y'all think about that. I want to know what are some of the personal issues you're struggling with? What are some things you're moving towards? But you realize, damn, I've been resetting my freedom clock this whole time. I'm not moving. But the crazy thing is during this time, it was somebody else. But Washington was resetting the freedom clock, but we do that to ourselves. It's personal. But how are some other ways that other people reset your freedom clock? Your friends could be resetting your freedom clock. They could be still in the cycle of thinking that you graduated from. They could be still in a space that you don't want to have connections or tied to, but you don't want to lose that friendship, so you allow them to reset your freedom clock. You can have goals and aspirations, but you let people come in and tell you what you can't do, and that deters you. Resetting your freedom clock. So you have to be very aware of who you are allowed to set your freedom clock and who you allow to change the time on your freedom clock are you controlling your freedom clock you know these are questions you gotta ask yourself this is just you gotta always have together who we set my freedom clock what is my freedom clock like you can have a you can have a new clock every day because all them slaves on washington's plantation that was working at the white house wanted to be free hercules wanted to be free even though hercules went out and made extra money on the side Hercules was allowed to go to circuses and sell extra kitchen slot for money. Hercules was fresh too. He always was dapper, you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, he understood that he didn't have the freedom over his own life. He knew that every time it was time for him to move forward and be free, hey, that clock relapsed and we started this time. Let's chat.